12. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, and you are listening to LBC 97.3, where our weekly venture into the unknown is about to begin. Let me take a moment of your time, if you don't mind, to explain what happens now. It's a little bit different to what unfolds on the rest of the week, not just on this programme, but indeed on the radio station in general. It is the radio equivalent of those newspaper columns where you uh, write in with a question that needs to be answered, a mystery that needs to be solved, and another reader of the newspaper, the, the Mail carry it every day, the Guardian, I think, carry it weekly. Another reader will write in, hopefully, within days or weeks or sometimes even months to provide you with satisfaction. This is a, an interactive and live equivalent of that, where ideally and usually you'll get the answer to the question that you need um, before one o'clock. You'll get it sort of live and it will unfold on the radio station. 0845 973 is the number to call. So we're looking for who's, why's, where's, when's, withers, wherefores. I could probably squeeze in a whence or two if you've got one. Why do we do that? Where does that come from? What's that all about? As long as it is plausible and probable that there is an answer to your question, then I would like to hear it. It gets incredibly busy, but if you hear me say the number, it means I've got phone lines free. And here is the number. 0845 973 Hit those numbers now. You will get through. Of course, if you can answer somebody else's question, then the number remains the same, and we need you to get involved as well. I've been looking forward to Mystery Hour, tweets Miss Brownie. How sad am I? Answer, not sad at all, Miss Brownie. Right across London, people are feeling their little ears prick up and the hairs on their back of their necks stand up with excitement as we begin to solve mysteries. Shall we just kick off? I'm sure you've had more than enough of me for one day. Stan's in King's Cross. Stan, what is the epic mystery to which you need a solution? Well, every new year, everyone tries to give up smoking and they sell nicotine patches. Yeah. And especially with your last conversations where people are addicted, why can't you have alcohol patches? Or, in my case, chocolate patches, which will weed you off of things that you just can't resist. Because if they can do it for nicotine, why can't they do it for alcohol? Why can't they do it for people that can't pass a bar of chocolate? Anything that you physically eat goes into your stomach. Yeah, but you're not physically dependent on chocolate. You don't get the shakes, do you, when you don't eat chocolate? Well, you are on alcohol. Yeah, well, up to a point you are. I mean, a hardcore alcoholic... Is probably will probably be advised not to give it up immediately, but to sort of cut right down slow. If you give it up immediately, you can sometimes shock your system. But I think the answer is to do with um, ritual. What? Do, have you ever smoked? No. If you had, then you'd probably have an image of where you most fancy to smoke, right? Right. It would be when you poured your first glass of beer or your first glass of wine of the evening, or it would be when you were... Uh, getting back into the vehicle after work, or most people have, and it's the physical ritual of lighting up, sparking up and inhaling that is part of the psychological dependency. Yeah, but, yeah, but you could say that about alcohol. Not really. Like you're, you're, it's all part and parcel. Yeah, it is. It's part of your um, makeup. that You meet your mates for a drink. You meet, you go down the pub, You and then eventually you become dependent on it, and you need a bottle of scotch sitting next to you, and then yeah, all of a sudden you're, the one I mean, two glasses. You're, you're doing it again. You're making that leap to addiction, which with nicotine is almost immediate, and with alcohol, can, can some people can drink every day for a lifetime without being alcoholics. 
Yeah, but some people can give up smoking for God knows yeah, how they long don't and then use, go back on it. They don't use patches. I'm just wondering why, why it can work. Well, if there is a possibility, why haven't they ever developed it? Because it's, de- it's not a chemical dependency. It's a psychological dependency, much more so with the other drugs. Nicotine is unique almost in its level of immediate physical chemical dependency. So if you want to give it up, you cannot just knock it on the head. You, if you wanted to give up cocaine, you wouldn't be doing yourself any favours by just cutting down to a couple of lines a night instead of a, instead of a gram and a half. What's your qualifications? Um, addiction <laughs> counselling. <laughs> you see, uh, you see what I mean? It's a, no, well, come on. It's the difference between a physical dependency and a psychological one. Most drug addictions okay. are more about psychological dependency. So uh, the best parallel would be heroin, and that's why they give you methadone. Methadone is, is a sort of heroin patch. Right. Because it eases you. Think of the gradient of giving it up. It eases you to... So, so you can't, you, alcohol's not the same... No. If you've, got, if you've got a physical dependency upon alcohol, you've got way more problems than a patch could fix. Yeah, but it's the same thing that uh, with, with um, cigarettes. Some people cannot do without a cigarette. That's why cannot. they put a patch on. So, yeah, all right, OK. I, I sense we're going to be going around in circles, Stan, unless I give an inch. Your, your alcohol patch idea might possibly work with a tiny number of chronic alcoholics. That reason why okay. it hasn't been made is because there wouldn't be enough money in it. Okay. Your well, nicotine more, patch it works for every single smoker in the world trying to give up smoking, potentially. Therefore, there's money in it. Therefore, they've made it. Therefore, you can go out and buy it. Happy? Yeah, because I suppose most people who have a drink don't want to give it up, if that's what you're saying. Boom. I can, I can, I can get me head around there. Right, I'll take my round of applause now. You can just, yeah. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Getting addicted to those, Stan. Patrick's in Crawley. Patrick, what would you like to say? James. Question or answer, mate? It's her question. Bring it on. Um, Have <laughs> um, you ever heard of an ice spike? Is that the mystery? No. I mean, uh, I know it can be quite a self-referential programme sometimes, Patrick, and I do appear in danger of disappearing up my own fundament on occasion, but I don't think it counts as a mystery to ring me up and ask me if I've ever heard of something. Right, OK. The, the reason I'm asking that is because if you haven't, I've got to explain it. Go on, in then. My, in my bird bath... <laughs> And that, that was not what I was expecting by way of the opening line of explanation. Let me just get... I'm right. going to get... Right, in your bird bath... In my bird bath... Yeah. There is, um... What would you call it? A stalagmite. Tights come so, down. Yeah, tights come down, mites go up. Got it's it. A stalagmite. Yeah. It comes out of the ice and goes into the air. It's about ten inches long. Ten inches?! Yeah, it's about ten inches long, and it's about, um, I suppose, about half an inch in thickness. It's a column of ice. It doesn't come from anywhere except from the bird bath itself. And I just, I had um, heard of it, someone else told me about it, and never believed it until I saw it, and I just wondered how it happens. Is your bird bath under a tree? No. Yeah, it is. It's not under anything at all. Yeah, it is. No, what about the eve of a bill? It must, something must be dripping on it. No, no, nothing like that at all. I promise you, it's nothing like that at all. It's, it's called an ice spike. I have actually looked it up and it says it's an ice spike, but I haven't got a proper explanation of how it falls. So you've got an ice spike poking out of your bird bath that's 10 inches long. It's about 10 inches long. There is nothing above it at all, so there's no water dripping in there or anything at all like that. 
It's an angle of about 30 degrees. Oh, really? So it's not yeah. straight, it's not perpendicular, it's not straight up. Oh, no, 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 it's not straight, no. And the end of it, I just said about, because I still work in old money, <laughs> the end of it is about an inch of it, is about, um, I suppose, about an eighth of an inch thick, and then the rest of it is about half an inch thick. So it's tapering, then, towards the end? Yeah, I'd never seen anything like it at all. When did it appear? Um, when the frost started coming down. Well, so, like this week? And the bird bath started, yeah. It, it's been like it about four days now. Have you, are you at home now? Yes, I am, yeah. Can you take a picture of it and send it to me? I have actually taken pictures of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but and I, could you email me one? Could you, do you know how to email me one? No, I don't. Oh. Have you got email? Well, it doesn't matter, really. Yeah, of course I've got email, yeah. Well, don't say, of course I've got email, as if I've offended you. You don't know how to send me a picture, Patrick, for goodness sake. I'm <laughs> old. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I know, but still, if you can send an email, you should be able to send a photo. Can you not? Yes. Can you not attach your photo? Can you plug your phone into your computer? Um, no, no, but I can download the picture from where it's on. I've it, got, yeah, I've got a, and then email got, it to me. Yeah, before one o'clock, and then yeah, I can well, tweet it. Right. What's the name then? What, 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 what email? James is my name, mate. Nice to meet you. I know that. Mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's James. Yeah. At. Hang on, I've just got to address the other half a million people listening to this programme. I'll be with you in a moment, all right? I'm just sorting out yeah. Patrick, okay? Right, right. James at yeah. LBC yeah. dot co dot co UK. Yeah? Oh. You've done this before. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that old, then. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me. I'll try and get you an answer in the meantime. But like a lot of yeah. people listening, I find myself overcome with an urge to see it. I, I, I tell you, James, it is—it is, it is absolutely—it's like something out of space age thing. You yeah. Never believe it until you see it. Honestly. Well, that's I'm why I need like, to see it, man. That's why I want to see it. I'm going to do my best. I—I I, I tell you what, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, Patrick. I'm not going to count my chickens on this one. Oh, you should. Uh, well, I'll watch my inbox. I'll be watching my inbox like a hawk. We might have to ring you back at two minutes to one. Okay. How did the ice spike in Patrick's bird bath form? And. What was the first one again? I've got, I've, I've, I've got a bit distracted. Oh yeah, I'll, I did that one. I've, I've gone, I've gone definitive. Peter is in Chiswick. Peter, question or answer? Uh, question. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think I'm right on this one. The only when when we in the English language, you always obviously we read a book and you read it how it is. Why is it when we do the pound sign, we put the pound sign first, and every other symbol that I can possibly think of? If we do twenty pence, we write twenty, and we put the p after. Yeah. Or if a baby weighs. Four pounds, we write four, and the pound sign. Why is it with a money sign, we always put the pound sign first and say it the opposite way round? It's not just... You should say pound 20. It's not just pounds me. either, is it? It's all currency, I think, does that, don't they? Yeah, but it's, it's, that's what I mean. So it's only dollars. currency, but... Dollars. But why is it that and no other other symbols? That's a lovely question. I can't think of, one, can't think of any other symbol. You know, oh. if you went bought some sausages, you'd pay you know, three pounds worth of, you know, three... Horses. And weight of sausages be free, and a pound sign after. Yeah. Why is it with a pound, and we actually say it not the way it is? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I love that question. How long have you been <laughs> puzzling over this? Uh, about a week. It's a cracker. It just come to me. No, it's an absolute cracker. So we put the sa- the, the symbol before symbol. the explainer, before the number, the unit, and there's no other way we do that except with money, with, with weights yep. or, or any other measurements, lengths, whatever yep. it may be. Yeah, you're on. I'll get yep. it. I'll um, I love that question, Peter. Thank you. How are you on ice spikes? Ice spikes? I've not... I have no idea. No? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means. We better wait for the pictures, then. 
Mind there you go, Peter. We will get you. A, I bet we get you an answer to that. I, mean, I hope we do because I want to know now. That's what I mean, by the way. When you heard that portentous trail at the opening of Mystery, you will know more by one o'clock today than you do now. Jingle, jingle. That's why. Because if we get an answer to that, we've all learned something. Ditto the um, ice spike. It's twelve fifty. Twenty minutes after twelve. This is LBC ninety-seven point three. <laughs> Some texts. I don't know whether intentionally or not. Just tickle me. Here's a lovely one. My five-year-old son asked me that exact same question about the pound sign. We're trying to find out why money signs, the pound sign goes in front of the number it describes, whereas every other measurement goes after. So inches, centimetres, whatever it may be, metres, um, units of pressure, PSIs, everything goes after the number. Why do money symbols go in front of it? My five-year-old son asked me that exact same question about the pound sign. He was reading one of his books to me. He is a genius. His name is Daniel Clifton. Regards, Damien Clifton. Thank you, Damien. Congratulations, Daniel. Solly is in Chislehurst. Question or answer, Solly? Uh, question, James. Go on. Um, in the summer, walking the dog, on the, the pavements, on the, obviously the pavements have got cracks in. Now, within one end of the road to the other end of the road, we saw uh, a numerous amount of ant nests and hundreds upon hundreds of ants going in and out. Yeah. My 14-year-old son said to me, Dad, what happens when it rains? Do all these ants die or do they survive? And lo and behold, within that two days, we had a nice summer, and then it started to rain, and then he asked me the same question. I wonder what happened to their ants. And I want to know, so I can explain to him, what happened to their ants. Do they die or do they survive? Because water is something that you can't prevent. You can't stop water from getting into any crack. Any crack, if there's a leak, that water's just going to continue. Now, the pavements are not very good. Now, the water's obviously raining, pouring down. You can see the water gushing in. Those ants obviously live underground. Do they die or do they survive? So, so, sorry, mate. I think you're overcomplicating things. We've got, we've got the, we've got the picture. We've got, we understand the question. You don't need to explain how rain works. No, no, no. But I'm, no. Do the ants drown when it rains? Sorry, James. Is that that's the question? The ants when it do all the ants drown when it rains or not? That's what I need tonight. Yeah. So I can explain to my son when he gets home from school tonight. Well, he was in the summer. He's not going to remember that, is he? He's going to think you've... Uh, He is, because he keeps asking me, have I rang into LBC yet to speak to James? And I said to him, unfortunately, not this week, mate, because I've been busy. And today... You've got got round to it. (laughs) No, your boss is not listening. This is all part part of the working day, mate. Broadening your horizons. Expanding your knowledge. I imagine... And I'm not going to go definitive on this, because I'm guessing. But I imagine that... You're talking about an ant's nest, which has got a tiny entrance. Correct. So the answer will be you might get a little bit of water right in the entrance, but if an ant can squeeze through it, it, it you know, it's not going to flood. But like a balloon. Think are, of a balloon. There are, there are the pointing within the, the, the paving slabs that are gaps. And you could but that's not where they live. The, the nest will be underneath. They'll have dug out the nest underneath the paving slab. Yeah, right? so what happens when the water drips into that? I mean, when we get rain... No, um, stop, stop, will... stop. I didn't mean to give you another what? run out then, what? Solly. I wasn't... I, 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 I was just... Uh, OK. <laughs> Do the ants drown. Thanks, James. Thanks, Solly. Regards to your boy. Paul's in Worcester Park. Paul, question or answer? Here's a question, James. Come on, then. Well, this again, creepy crawlies. I looked out my window this morning, bright and early. It's freezing cold outside, and I saw a spider on its web. What is this, insect hour? I know. Was it drowning? Um, it wasn't quite drowning, but well, it will be um, if it rains. Yes. But, no, I was just wondering, do spiders feel the cold? Yes, they do. 
You're a zoologist now. No, I'm not. I'm an entomologist. Ent- oh, sorry. <laughs> Do spiders oh, feel the cold? Please. How are we going to know? How can anyone answer that unless they speak spider? Well, that's what... You're, you're the genius, James. I'm not. I'm hey, no, not no Paul, I'm not the genius. I'm merely the, 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 the <laughs> vessel into which everybody else pours their genius, which I then recycle in a slightly self-satisfied way. But unless we can speak to a spider, how is anyone going to know whether a spider can feel the cold or not? Well, they can tell us if goldfish have got memories. They can. Also, is so, a spider hot-blooded or cold-blooded? So cold-blooded no animals don't feel... Cold-blooded creatures don't feel the cold, do they? Isn't that the whole point of being well, cold-blooded? Well, the re- aren't reptiles cold-blooded and they have to warm themselves up? So yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, not, not, as, not as daft as you look, are you, Paul? No. Well, <laughs> it's debatable. <laughs> good, good man. Let's get him an answer. Spiders, ants, and ice spikes and pound signs. Derek's in bow. Derek, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Good man. Pounds and pence. Yes. If you put the pound sign after the pound, yeah. where would you put the pence? So if we've got four pound fifty, four point five zero. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, if, if pounds and ounces, though. Mm, but then you'd say ounces. Yeah, but you'd say pa- five pounds and four ounces. We put five pounds. Yeah, but then it wouldn't four... look right on any sort of figures. So that's why it's always currency. No, but your your answer doesn't work, Derek. Because pound, pounds and ounces are exactly the same, and they're expressed with the unit of measurement after the number. Five pounds, four ounces. So why would five mm. pounds, 40, have the pound sign before it? As I said, with figures, i.e. money... Well, i.e. I. weights, weights are figures, weights are figures as well. Hmm. No, I like it. I mean, it's a good bit. effort, it's a good effort, but you're not getting any cigar. I know the M one, but I know no, the... No, uh, no, no, no. Anyway, I have to ask you a question now. I listen often enough tonight. <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. Do, do, do you, Derek, support UKIP? No. Oh, I'm going to have to give up on this. Where have all the UKIP supporters gone? They must have deserted me. Nigel, Roger and Derek, we've had one of each this week, and all three of them have claimed not to be UKIP supporters. The only political theory I've ever had which holds any water at all is dissolving before our very ears. Let's get... Derek, an answer to his spider question. Solly, an answer to his ant question. We still need an answer to the pound question. I'll just check my inbox. No sign of the ice spike. Uh, but I've, I've had lots of other people's ice spikes. What was the name of the fellow who rang in with the original ice spike? Am I going to know the right one? Why is everyone sending me pictures of ice spikes, you freaks? <sighs> Kareem is in Leighton. Kareem, question or answer? It's a question. Come on, then. Uh, basically, scientists recently s- discovered that atoms were not solid. And I just want to know, why is it, if you look up a picture of an atom or a row of atoms uh, on Google or something, you, all you see is lots of rows of neatly packed little balls. If they're not solid, what are those balls? I, 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 is your understanding of physics either tiny or immense? I always like to look up images and stuff, so I always looked up images of... Well, I mean, have you studied... Have like you studied... Because what, what I don't want to do is dismiss your question as ridiculous if you then turn around and say, excuse me, I've got a PhD in molecular physics. I think you'll find this question no, is... What, what level did you study? Until, 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 until Did you do a GCSE in physics? No, I just like subjects like that. Yeah, but the question doesn't make sense. It you does. Can, you can see lots of things that aren't solid. 
Yeah, but with a scanning electron microscope, it's slightly different. When you look up of images of it's molecules not. and atoms, it always looks like a little circular ball, a little solid circular ball. Right. But the scientists are always saying that they're not solid. So if they're not solid, what is that little ball? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll leave the question on the board. Thank you. You're welcome. That was polite, wasn't it? I was, I was nice about that, wasn't I? I was, yeah? He was, wasn't he? John's in Harrow. John, question or answer? Oh, hi, James. Hello, John. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're I've most welcome. Real, oh, cracker of a question for oh, you. Oh, uh-oh. Go on. <laughs> uh, why is a fridge or a freezer less efficient to run when it's iced up? When it's full of ice, why is it less efficient in, you know, to use electricity? Yeah. I can't get it. I don't understand it. Because it's got to keep all the ice frozen. Yeah, but if it's already frozen, imagine you packed the fridge full of frozen foods. Yeah. Well, then it's already up at its temperature, isn't it? Down at its temperature. Why has it got to keep running if it's already down to the temperature required to freeze the... But it doesn't, it doesn't reach that temperature and then stay there. No. It will warm up slightly, and then that will kick yeah. in the, uh, the, the, the bimetallic strip but on the thermostat, and then it will start freezing again. So if, if it's full of ice, it's melting and refreezing and melting and refreezing in incremental stages much more often than it would in an empty freezer. Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm telling you. It's like having, yeah, but isn't it like having an oven that when you, the oven gets up to temperature? Once yeah. it's got up to temperature, it sort of stays there, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It turns off. Well, it turns off and on. Yeah, yeah. So if, it, if your freezer's full of ice, it has to turn off and on a lot more often than it does if it's not full of ice. And every time it turns off and on, it uses a bit of electricity. Ergo, a frosted-up freezer uses more energy than a, than a clean one. So, uh, so, um... Why are you laughing at me, John? That's a brilliant answer. <laughs> if you've only... Say you've got a new fridge... I can't. I'm late for the news. You've only got one item. No, I'm late for the news. Yeah, but if you've only got one item... What is it you don't understand about the phrase, I'm late for the news, John? Oh, right. <laughs> Okay, go for it. Well, you are, do, do I have to come back to you now? Well, can I have a clap? I mean, I no. answered the question. <laughs> I answered the question. I'll take my applause after this. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 26 minutes to one. This is LBC 97.3. And uh, Mystery Hour continues. If you don't know what it is, just stick around for a couple of minutes. You'll soon work it out. James is in Bexley. James, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer I had, James. Go on, then. Uh, it's your pounds question. Um, yeah. The call you had on before was pretty much correct. You're just um, When you said, why don't they measure pounds and ounces, that's because those are imperial measurements and not metric measurements. So if I say to you I've got two pounds ten, yeah. you know there are a hundred pence in a pound. Yeah. Whereas if you're young like I am, you probably don't know how many ounces there are in a pound. No, so because the the, to... the pound sign still appeared in front of money pre metric, pre decimalisation. Oh really? Yeah. Mm, that kind of shoots down my answer then, I guess. As a, as a general rule, and, and this will sound conceited, but I sense I'm in good company. As a general rule, <laughs> if you're ringing in to tell me I've made a mistake, you need to be a bit more certain than that. Well, no, it was your, when you said about... And you certainly don't want to continue the, 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 the conversation after you've crashed and burned. Mm, I'm trying to patch up my, my right. bad job. I know, and that's what I would do. So that, that's why I say, you know, that I have sympathy for your position, but, but only as far as this. I'll continue my pondering. Nick's in Epsom. Nick, question or answer? 
Hello, James. You've oh. been very charitable this morning. You're joking. Did you hear the last call? <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah, it's on. been good. I quite enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> yes, spiders. Yeah. I know the answer to the spider question. Um, yes, your assumption was that they are, they are cold-blooded. And what they do in the wintertime is uh, generally September, October, and sometimes into November, they try uh, and get into your house to seek shelter away from the cold they weather. They do, don't they? Yes, they do. So and they must feel the cold. They do. They do feel the cold. And what they do is they protect themselves against it in whichever way they find possible. So, for instance, you're pulling stones up in the garden, they'll be sat underneath the stones, or, you know, um, I mean, I'm a builder, so I'll take partitions down and they'll all be sat inside plasterboard partitions. And what they do is, if they're on the outside and it's particularly cold like it is at the moment, they slow themselves right down. And it's a completely natural thing. Um, sometimes they will get frozen to death if they don't get into the correct um, sort of temperature zone. So, you know, they can't really protect themselves totally against the cold weather. But what will happen is, is during the day, once it gets warmer, they will speed up. So as the temperature rises, the, the spider will get warmer, it will feel warmer and he'll be able to catch whatever it is he wants to eat and become a bit more active. And then as the temperature drops again, he needs to make sure that he's got himself all covered over again. So, beautifully answered. What are your qualifications, Nick? Um, I studied natural history at school, and it's just uh, quite an interesting subject. Uh, it is, isn't it? And, and actually, what I like about that is that you combine science with common sense, because the, the simple observation that they come into your house when it's cold is, 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 is an answer in and of itself, but you've backed that up with some explanation and knowledge. Yeah, and I got the uh, I got the birds. Why the birds flying bees? Question right as well a little while ago. Yeah, all right. No one likes to show off, Nick. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you owe me one because I got that question right before the news. Yeah, sure. I'll give you half. No, it's not you. It's John's. What are you still doing here? Jog on. John's in Hampshire. John, question or answer? <laughs> I've got an answer for your ants' question. Ants, my ants' question. What what do ants drown when it rains? Is what Solly and his son need to know. Right, yeah, so what, what happens is when they, when they make their, their nest, they burrow down into the soil, um, straight down, and then they come back on themselves towards the surface and then in an S-bend and then go back down again, oh. creating an airlock. Now, when it rains, the water goes into the airlock, but it won't go any further into the nest. And when it starts raining, they all scurry down into the nest as quick as they can. Ding -a -ding. But it will basically, it will just gather in the S-Bend, and then once it dries and soaks into the soil, it can then come back out again. It could, so feasibly, in torrential rain, it could overburden the S-Bend, couldn't it? Oh, totally, if you've got torrential rain over long periods. But then, but then my original observation about the size of the aperture, the small entry, and yeah. the, the, I mean, it's not like you'd have to really get a hose pipe, wouldn't you, rather than actual well, I mean, the randomness yeah, of rainfall. Where I learnt it was in the jungle when it was quite... It was oh, quite no, uh, oh, no, don't throw that away. Don't throw that away. Let's just back up a bit, if you pardon the pun, okay. seeing as we're talking about S-Bends. So, yeah, OK, so the rain comes down and it will fill up the t first bit of the S-Bend and then the ants will be safe. So, Solly can explain that to his son. A 14-year-old boy will understand that perfectly. John, can I ask yeah. what your qualifications are? I used to be in the Navy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was in Sierra Leone. What? In the jungle. In the jungle? Good grief. In the jungle, yeah. And, and how did yeah, how did this knowledge reach you in the jungle? I I, I asked our guide who was with us um, why it was that all these ants disappeared when it because it did really seriously rain in the rainy season, and then later on they'd be coming back out again and they were dead and drowned. And he explained it to me then. So I asked exactly the same question and it was explained to me by our guide. That is among my all-time favourite answers. 
Well, it's not the first time I've been one of your favourites. I'm the gun barrel man. Oh, I don't believe it. It's, it's, <laughs> this is my fault. This is my fault, isn't it? This is, I'm creating a show in my yeah. own image. Everyone's turning into a conceited show-off now. This is terrible. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> John, you deserve the round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Either that, I've only got four listeners left. Jamie's in Shooters Hill. Jamie, question or answer? Uh, it's your question, Jack. Yeah, go on. Right, what it is, every time I clean my toilet indoors, and I use bleach down the toilet, oh. if I leave you're, very, you're a very modern man, Jamie, aren't you? You're very, very <laughs> metrosexual. Yeah, don't tell me, Mum, she might be do it even more. <laughs> <laughs> but no, wait, every time I leave bleach down there for quite a while, when I come back to the toilet, it seems the water level drops. And I don't know whether that only happens to me at home, but it you're seems quite, You're paying quite there. a lot of attention to the old carsy there, Jamie. Well, you want to make sure it's clean before yeah, you... Yeah, no, uh... you're right, you do. <laughs> so the water, you think the water... So you pour in the bleach, yeah, you, you leave the it there. The toilet. That's it. And then when you come back, oh, for me, it seems that when I come back, say, half an hour or 10, 15 minutes, whatever the time is, yeah. the water level seems to have dropped from yeah. where normally it normally is. It's the same as the last answer to this, isn't it? This is all about the S-Bend. I think the same would happen if you poured water in. What, the water line would drop? Yeah. Surely Could... not, it would... Surely it keep level. No, because you pour it in and it fills up and then it slowly sinks down again as the S-Bend empties or fills. But then again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pouring a massive amount of bleaching, so it wouldn't No, be. but it only falls by the amount of bleach you have poured in, or do you think it falls by more than that? No, I think it falls more. Oh. No, I mean, I understand that it levels out, obviously. It's gonna stay and it's not blocked. Level, I, I don't want to be indelicate. I don't want to be indelicate no. here, but it's not blocked or anything, Jamie. No, no, sir. <laughs> All right, because that no, would be one answer, but... No. All right, OK. I, I, I think it might be linked to the S-Bend, which would be amazing, given that two questions would tie together your lavatory and the Sierra Leonean jungle put up, but we shall, uh, we'll try and find out. And you haven't tested oh, it with any other liquid, only with bleach. Only with bleach, yeah. That would be a bit weird. What are you doing in there, son? I'm just seeing whether or not other liquids have the same effect on the water level in the lavatory, Mum. You need to get out more, son. I've got to buy you an Oyster card for Christmas. Calvin's in Hounslow. Calvin, question or answer? It's an answer to your um, uh, pound sign. Go on. Okay. I mean, say you've got, if you've got uh, £1,000, yeah? Yeah. You put £1,000. And if you put the sound pound sign after, you could put something in front of the 1000 like a nine, to make it 91000 He's got it. So it goes back to accountancy and ledgers and stuff, yeah. so it stops people from... Ah, this is uh, vintage, mystery. This is why we do this every week, isn't it, Calvin? Well, that's right, yeah. And I've got the answer to the other one. No, yes. no, don't spoil it. It's honestly, I've given oh, everyone okay. an inch. They're trying to take a mile this morning. Which one? Oh, no. it's just out of interest. Sorry? Which one out of interest do you think you've got the answer to? Uh, the S-Bend. Uh, the uh, bleach problem. Oh, tempting. But no, sorry, can't break the rules even for you, Calvin. What are your qualifications for... Well, no, you could add numbers on the end, but you're never going to be able to change the... Well, yeah, you could just add some zeros on the end. Well, no, you put the decimal point, wouldn't you? You have got the decimal point. If you've got the pound and the decimal point, they act as brackets. It's very hard to get anything into the bracket. Yep, sorry, that was Jones picking holes in your theory, not me, Calvin. That was what happens when I pay attention. Well, you, you've got to go no, back... No, ignore him, I do. Ignore him, ignore him. It's fine. Well, you've, got to, you've got to go back centuries. Yeah, exactly. Not just, yeah, exactly. Jones, shush. So, Jones, the engineer, not interfering in my headphone area uh what are your qualifications calvin well i don't see why that's relevant but i'm an fx trader well that is kind of relevant i mean there's no need to be snooty about it i'm only trying to sort of find out what it is in your life that has led you to this wonderful nugget of knowledge well i mean in fx trading you everything is superseded uh with yeah. uh yeah. currency yeah exactly okay. yeah so cool. i think it goes back to that even must do you know what you've earned no. you know what you've earned 
Oh, what have I earned? Tell me. This. Anwar is in Slough. Anwar, question or answer? Uh, I have an answer for you. Come on then, Anwar. Uh, it's uh, the ice. Oh, uh, hang on, let I me check. I'll see if he's sent his picture in yet. Patrick and Crawley. I think he's... I don't know about you, but I wasn't holding out much hope on that one. <laughs> Not judged by his response, no. Ice. Hang on, is this it? Well, this is, no, this is a different Patrick. God, what are the odds on that? Two different Patricks sent... No, is that... that could, that's his. Is that his? Is that Pat... Well, I'm going to put that on the website now. I've got a picture of the ice spike, so we'll get that on the website, and I will also tweet it. In the, that is unbelievable. It looks like a sort of either it looks like an enormous condom or the blade of a, <laughs> the blade of a swordfish, po- pointing out at about 45 degrees. Anyway, Anwar, how is an ice spike formed? Do you know? Well, yeah, as the um, ice is obviously progressively uh, freezes and um, it expands, um, as there's a thin sheet of layer on top and it expands, there might be a crack. Um, let's say if it was at the centre, as that cracks, water that's expanding out of it will then ex- freeze on the outside, thus sort of creating a tube on the outside, and it will keep rising until it's cold enough for it to seal at the top. At which point, ice spike will stop. Oh. Hello? <laughs> uh, they see t- very occasionally... An answer comes in where the only problem with it is my own lack of understanding. No, I'm sure that's not okay. Oh, it is. <laughs> no false modesty here. In fact, no modesty of right. any kind. The point... Did you understand that, Jones, the engineer? <laughs> yeah, we were all looking at the picture, Anwar. <laughs> right, so uh, I, haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen this particular no. picture. No. Um, stay there, mate. I'll be back in a second. All right? It's 12.45. J. Louise Knight is in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. It's ten minutes to one. You're listening to LBC 97.3. If you're just tuning in, don't judge me on what I'm about to say, all right? But if you want to see some pictures of ice spikes, we're putting them up on the website at lbc.co.uk. I like it when I discover something I wasn't previously aware of. Uh, good Lord, that one really does look like a prophylactic. Uh, back to Anwar in Slough. Anwar, have another go, and I'll, we'll all concentrate this time, OK? Right. So, um, obviously, it freezes gra- gradually. As the top surface freezes, just a thin layer, Yeah. Um, everything expands as it's uh, freezing. Yeah. So, as it expands, you get, let's say, a crack in the centre that opens. Right. Um, due to the expanding water underneath, the water will pour out of that crack. Yeah. And then, due to the temperature... That will then freeze the outside of whatever's creating out. a small bump, tube almost. Tube, yeah, which yeah. will eventually become a tube until it's the top of that tube to seal off. And, and whether it happens, obviously temperatures and minerals. But why would why would it keep growing? This because is ten inches. Fr- it's ten inches long, Anwar. Because it's not cold enough to freeze all of the water quickly enough before the tube forms. Say that again. Oh, I'm sounding uh, so would, stupid. I'm sounding so stupid. Say that last bit again. When uh, I went, it's meant- ten inches long in that slightly arrogant tone of voice that meant I thought the conversation was over and you were wrong and you just came back really calmly with something intelligent, that bit. Well, no, <laughs> I just, uh, personally, I didn't think, it, uh, I don't think it's cold enough for it to freeze the entire amount of water before the tube can form. You, is, any, is everyone else getting this and I'm just not? Is that how, yeah, okay. I'm going to give you a round of applause, but I think we both oh, know that you. the only flaw here is my understanding. I, I still get a round of applause, don't yeah, I? Yeah, you do, yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Priority. How about a bit of human... 
thinking kindness, Anwar. Kit's in Cricklewood. Question or answer, Kit? Uh, answer, uh, uh, James, to Good the uh, bleach question down the toilet. Why is Jamie's toilet level dropping ten minutes after he's poured the bleach down it? It's basically, it is down to the S-Bend, it's down to water pressure. Yes. You've got to have the same water pressure on both sides of the S-Bend. Yes. And because bleach is denser than water, you pour it down one end, and then to equalise the pressure, it pushes out the water from your side, out the other side of the S-Bend. Quite a slow process? I mean, it, cause it, yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen immediately, because it's just down to water pressure. Is it, does it, is it, so, is it, is it... Is it, is it it evens out, so it's all about the bleach getting diluted until the water yes. pressure. So it's is, is no, it, no, 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 not no. diluted. It's just because the bleach is denser, and then as the pressure is equalised, it pushes out oh, the yes, water from the other side of the S bend. Because it, it remains, bleach. the bleach remains on this side of the S bend. Kind of like osmosis. Ah, kind of. Yeah, that's where I was trying to lead kind you, but a kind, it's not. No, <laughs> no, it's only kind of though. It's only kind of because it's not an impermeable membrane. It's your S bend. It's the U bend, I should say. No, I, I just, uh, it's, it's, uh, what, do you know what I'm marvelling at? You've earned a round of applause, but you know hey. what happens if we, we use the O word properly? Uh, no, what? Well, well it's, it's quite a delicate bit of programming, and, and I'm astonished <laughs> that it's so sensitive. It didn't go off then when you said kind of, because it obviously, <laughs> it obviously knew that you, you weren't really employing the O word no, I'm not really, because it's not technically. I had no, I had no idea that, that the that the detector. Yes, I know. Well, that's right. I had no idea the detector was so carefully calibrated. I, 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 <laughs> I really didn't, because normally, what should okay. I? Well, you you describe something that does use that process. Uh, how do you mean? Well, something that is not kind of the O word, but is actually the O word. Uh, do you want me to say it? Yeah. Okay, it's osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> so that's in cricket's that time it worked perfectly and yet that, wow i did i i gotta tell you this technology in this studio uh, it's like being on the space shuttle some days kit it's absolutely voice unbelievable recognition. very good well voice recognition but also accuracy calibration i anyway i better get you a round of applause that's a lovely answer yes, thank you no thank you qualifications i should have asked before Common sense. Oh, all right. There's no need to be rude. Danny's in Sidcup. Danny, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello, Danny. A question. Go on, then. Um, I was doing um, the solar system with my boy, my seven-year-old boy, the other night, and I was drawing out the sun and the earth and trying to explain that the sun goes round the earth and when the sun's facing the earth at this point, it's night time on the other side of the earth. Yeah. And we got talking about the moon. And he said, so... What time is it on the moon? If it's daytime or three o'clock in the afternoon on Earth, he asked me what time it was on the moon and got me... I couldn't explain it, obviously. Well, nor can I, mate. That's making my teeth itch. <laughs> what? So what? It, but the question is, does the moon have time? Time for what? Time, <laughs> <laughs> time for an answer. <laughs> I don't know if we've got time for an answer. We've only got no, four no, minutes left. So yeah. what time is it on the moon? What time is it on the moon if it's three o'clock, sorry, in the afternoon? Yeah. Uh, no, I like evening. that. You're on. I like It's a great question. Thank you. Jack's in Manchester. Jack, question or answer? Hi, James. Got an answer for you. Come on, then. Um, the atoms one? Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, really understand the question. It was something to do with, we've known that, we know that atoms aren't solid, so what is it that you see in a, in a molecular microscope? Yeah, like, well, they're, they're always drawn as, like, balls. Yeah, um, uh, yes. Like, that's how they're modelled, but it's just, um... It's just, it's like a model, it's modelled that way, they're not actually, um... He's not seeing them, like, he's seeing no. a representation of them. Exactly, yeah, it's just to make it, like, intuitive, um, 
because like actually what we call um, what we would call solid is actually like yeah you need millions and millions of atoms all bonded together and then you um that's what we call solid it's actually um, matter to become matter solid yeah, matter yeah. i think i understood more than he did in that question but that sounded rude it's like um it's like a magnet you know if you have two magnets repel each other mm. it's like say if you're touching a table you have um electrons in the end of your finger and you also have electrons on the end of the table yes and they um they repel each other so yes and then that gives us the illusion of solidness but uh, actually, like, atoms are mostly just nothing. It's like 99. Yeah. Qualifications, Jack? Uh, chemistry undergraduate. Are you, are you at Manchester? Are you, you missed, or...? Uh, Manchester Metropolitan. Manchester. Uh, How are you getting on? Uh, very well, yeah. Still my right. final year now. Where about you living? Uh, Moss Side. Moss Side. Well, you be careful. Yeah, I would. All right. I used to live <laughs> in Chalton <laughs> come hardy That was, like, the cuddly side of that, so that part of Manchester. Yeah. Look after yourself, Jack. 12.56. Round of applause for Jack! I like that. He's taking his favourite radio station with him to the badlands of the Northwest. Taylon is in Chislehurst. Taylon, question or answer? It's a question. Oh, you'll be lucky. <laughs> Go on. Um, the question I wanted to ask is, the first leaf that falls off the tree in autumn, is that the first leaf to go back in spring? Yes, it is. It is the question. Yeah, yeah I, that, I, thought my, my, I thought everyone knew that. I didn't. If you, if you, so if you've got like loads of trees in your garden and you notice the first leaf that falls off at the beginning of autumn, you didn't know that that is the first leaf that always grows back at the beginning of spring. Yes, but you don't see one leaf fall off at a time. Oh, you, yeah, you do if you have it on a time-lapse film. Oh, you do? And then you slow it down. Oh, and then right, you identify the, the leaf and then you go out and you mark it with some tipex and then that is the first leaf that grows back. Yeah, everybody. Did you, did you even go to school, Taylor? I'm, still, I'm, I'm actually still at school at the moment, James. Well, you sh- I can't believe they're not teaching this in school. What do they teach you these days at school? <laughs> you, well, clearly not science. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, mate. And how the... <laughs> how is any, what do you reckon the odds are on the first leaf that falls off in autumn being the... What if it's really windy? <laughs> I really don't have a what, what if it's really, really, really windy and it, that's why the leaf blew off? How's he going to know that he's supposed to grow back first next spring? <laughs> I'm going to give you a round of applause for my favourite question in a while. <laughs> but I'm not sure you should take that as a compliment. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> have, a, have a good day. Get back to school. Uh, Ray's in Hartford. I don't think we've got time. Is it going to be interesting? Hi, James. It's Ray. I think you you gave an applause for an incorrect answer on the chlorine thing oh, in the toilet. No. Go on. Yeah. It's nothing to do with um, water pressure, because in a toilet you've got an airlock, the other side of the bend, so it, it, there's, a, there's an air gap. But what, what the actual answer is, is that chlorine is a bleach compound. Bleach is the active ingredient, which is a gas. When you put it in the toilet, the bleach evaporates out into the atmosphere, having done its cleaning, so the mass is less. <sighs> All right, that's then. You can have one of these as well. No, that's fair enough. I'm not rescinding the last one because I'm too nice. That's it from me for another day. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC 97.3, and this is Julia Harley-Brew.